0: you're listening to locked on college football kickoff live with myself drake toll of locked on big 12 kenton gibbs of locked on acc and alex dono of locked on canes live every friday from noon to 1 eastern time wherever you get your locked on favorites on youtube let's take a look around the country in college football Happy Friday, everybody, and welcome into Locked On College Football Kickoff Live. That is Kenton Gibbs of Locked On ACC, Locked On Wolfpack, Alex Dono of Locked On Canes, Drake Toll with you from Locked On Big 12. Thank you for making Locked On College Football Kickoff Live your lunchtime listen every single Friday, wherever you watch your favorite Locked On College podcast on YouTube, and then afterwards, wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Guys, the story thickens, the plot thickens, Connor Stallions is in our production room, right? now. You know, he told me he listens to us every week to get a scoop across the country about college athletics. And this time he is maybe him. We don't know in central Michigan gear on the CMU sidelines. And the craziest part is when pressed about this issue, head coach, Jim McElwain said, um, we're trying to figure this out. Not, oh, yeah, we know that guy. He's a staffer. He's a GA. No, my friends, Alex Dono. This guy who's on the sidelines of the CMU game is unknown.
1: And he's wearing sunglasses at night. <laughs> and they look <laughs> and they appeared to be smart glasses. I know uh, Josh Pate did like a deep investigation. He could see a little blue light
0: come on. when he You have came. a striking but resemblance, Dono. I was just about to say, the kind of style is,
1: it, it, did he infiltrates. <laughs> right also? here. <laughs> <laughs> and, and listen um it, it's not it's not a. now a lot of people thought this was just like a wacky conspiracy thing when you know people started to bring up that picture but mm-hmm. McIlwain, i think legitimized it in that we are not certain we know who this person was and we are looking into it and another part of it and listen kenton would know better than i do having you know played in actual games but i've been on sidelines enough times it's believable to me that this could happen, that someone wearing Central Michigan gear and just kind of acting like they belong there, because the sidelines are chaotic in college football games, guys, and, and even coaches on the staff don't always know who everybody is. And if you act like you belong there, um, I, I could see something like this actually happening. And man, this story, it's like oh, the rabbit geez. hole. We don't know how deep it's going to go.
0: Kenton, I, I, again, you know, you did. You played college football here, but this yeah. one feels a little bit different. I mean, the, the, yeah. these are coaches yeah. getting paid a little bit of money to make sure that someone's not infiltrating their sidelines to steal an opposing team's signs.
2: I like my women thick, not the plot of <laughs> cheating scandals. This is just not how it's supposed to be. Let's work this thing out, shall we? As a player, I was always locked in on game day. It was literally like a tunnel vision thing, like nobody else was in the stadium. It was me and the people. It was me, my brothers next to me, the people across from me, the folks that we got to stop, right? So the players, it's not on them at all. We, nobody would say it's on them. The coaches, you talk about, hey, you know, there's so much going on and there's all these things that uh, all these folks around. Why do you not have a coach on staff to handle these types of things? With all due respect, if Connor did this again, the fault is first lies with him. The fault first lies with him, rather. We're not going, yeah, you yeah. know, pretend like this is anywhere else. But then we need to move to how do we prevent this from happening in the future? Why do you not know? You all know as members of the media how hard it is to get credentialed as media to get into a lot of these universities. Many, yeah. I'm not going to say any names, but there are multiple universities in the hmm. ACC that told me. To my face, hey, we do not credential podcast. That's fine with me. That's all right. I'm not mad at you. More part for your rules. You credential random staffers from other people's teams, not just to be in a media booth, to be on your sideline. Your... This lack of oversight by CMU needs to be seriously addressed within every university. All the money that y'all got, guess what? I guarantee you, all of you could pay some former player, some super fan, some, somebody like that. Hey, your specific job on game day, make sure everybody who is down there is supposed to be there going forward. You'll get paid $50,000 a year, whatever the case may be. All you got to do Saturdays during the season, show up, make sure that nobody's on the sideline. that doesn't have to be there for this to be even a thing that's feasible. And for McIlwain to not outright come out one way or the other is complete and utter cowardice because why do you not have the staff to figure this out within Oh, yeah, this picture came out. Hey, we're we're getting it resolved immediately. Either yeah. you say outright it is or it isn't quickly. Because at this point, now we're giving it life. Now we're making jokes about Dono being him. But who knows? <laughs> this is a very serious matter to where where is this guy? And why do we not know where he is and, and what he's doing in terms of, like, people on your sidelines? This is ridiculous. And, and it seems ridiculous. like,
1: guys, th- this situation may now be really the tipping point where other coaches in the Big Ten have had enough. Yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah. They
1: they had this 90-minute conference call this week where they were, you know, they started out with their kind of regular conference business, and then they asked Jim Harbaugh to leave the call so that they could speak freely about Michigan. Things were getting very heated. Uh, you know, words like fraudulent, you know, were thrown out just in terms of, of, of the games that Michigan is winning during this situation. This situation. And, you know, it it sounds like Big Ten coaches want something to be done. They want Harbaugh, Michigan to be punished. And it's a difficult job for the NCAA commissioner for the NCAA and for the big 10 commissioner. Now the NCAA moves slow as molasses. So their investigation is probably wouldn't be resolved until next year, but you know, you've got big time games that Michigan's going to be on television. They're probably going to make it to the college football playoff the way that they're trending. It's hard to imagine that they don't. Mm -hmm. And so if you were to release some kind of sanctions and basically delegitimize what they've already done this year, uh, that, that's going to be a black eye on the entirety of college football. So this is a difficult thing to handle over these next few weeks.
0: Yeah, we'll throw it out here too, Dono. I can only imagine what that meeting was like where they all got in the Zoom calls, huh? Eh. How's everybody's week where the elephant in the room is a massive sign-stealing scandal where they finally kicked Jim Harbaugh out of the meeting and, and figure it out. We'll see if sanctions come over the course of the next couple of weeks for Michigan or anything in season. But as for now, they might get off scot-free until at least next year. But let's turn our attention to the games this weekend, guys, from LSU and Alabama in a top-25 matchup to Oklahoma and Oklahoma State in the final bedlam and Missouri going to Georgia Dono, let's let's keep it with you here. LSU Alabama is the one that I have circled as a game that could put LSU back in the conversation for even a college football playoff. Uh, yeah,
1: if if they win this game and run the table, which would include winning the SEC, if LSU can pull that off, you're not leaving them out of the playoff. Like they yeah. there's definitely a path for them to get in as a two-loss team. There's no question about it. I just I, I have a hard time seeing them beat Alabama this week. Now it can happen. The spread is only minus three Alabama at home, which it's kind of like a pick'em when you think about negating the home field advantage and all that. But to me, the important matchup in this game is gonna be Alabama's passing game, specifically the deep passing game where Milrose finding a lot of success against a really banged up LSU secondary. Uh, now, obviously, LSU's offense. We know they can score, and they will score even against Alabama. But to me, it's like one of their team weaknesses right now in the defensive backfield seemingly plays in with an Alabama strength and Alabama's at home. So I lean to Alabama getting this done. But as you adequately pointed out, this has college football playoff implications on both sides because Bama at one loss, they're they're very much uh, you know in control of their destiny if they can get through the SEC. And I could say the same about LSU if they win.
0: And luckily, we have Chris Gordy here for our biggest game of the week. He's with Locked On SEC. Let's break it down now. Chris Gordy here of Locked On SEC. Chris, Alabama and LSU, this year's version has playoff implications as it usually does, but it seems like it's even bigger for an LSU team and Brian Kelly who are trying to Stay afloat in that college football playoff picture. What makes this the biggest game of the week when it comes to the implications of who wins and who loses?
3: Well, yeah, this has been one of the biggest games of uh, the the college football world, you know, really uh, for the past 20 years. I know it's one that Alabama has had the advantage in a lot of them, but uh, the TV ratings speak for themselves. There's a reason why CBS flexed this to their night game people tune in for LSU Bama and this this one is going to be strange guys because it's quite the opposite of what we were used to through all those last miles years where it was dominant defense average to bad offense and LSU would lose games like 10 to 3 and you know these like defensive mm-hmm. slugfest LSU has the number one offense in the country right now I mean Jane Daniels is playing on another level uh even in their two losses against Ole Miss and Florida State the offense still put up 400 plus yards every week they've played so People are kind of defaulting, going, well, it's Alabama at home. I get it. Alabama's defense has looked much better in recent weeks. I still have my questions about how good are they? Who's the best offense they face? Yeah, they faced Ole Miss a couple weeks back, but Lane Kiffin always pees down his leg when he faces Nick Saban. So I can't put too much into that one. I just think Jaden Daniels, if they come out and they execute and they're scoring points, it's going to be the onus is on Jalen Melrose. Hey, bro, don't make the big mistake, which we've seen him do time and time again this year. Throws in an inopportune interception, gets sacked, uh, fumbles the ball away. He's the most sacked quarterback in the SEC this year. So uh, I think this could be a shootout. If, if LSU is setting the tone and they're scoring and they're scoring and they're scoring, keep in mind touchdowns, not field goals. Uh, I think LSU is going to feel really good about their chances in this one.
2: You know, if there's a bedwetting contest for big games and you're talking about uh, Lane Kiffin or Brian Kelly, you're going to need some rubber sheets, brother, because it's going to get ugly in there. (laughs) But with that being said, what is it about this LSU team that we're talking about a potential two loss team in the SEC conference that's not potentially strong this year that we're saying, hey, this team could make the playoff? What's the difference between this this team and, and other two loss teams that we're seeing perhaps?
3: Well, keep in mind, this game a year ago, Brian Kelly put on his big boy pants. He went toe-to-toe at Nick Saban and yeah. said, I'm not, go- I'm not going to double overtime. I'm winning this thing right here, went for two and one in-, in Baton Rouge. So, uh, Brian Kelly, I think, likes these kind of games. It's the whole reason why he came to the SEC. He wants to play in these big moments, and I think they will rise to the occasion. The big difference, Kenton, is uh, we're hearing all the rumblings about Jane Daniels. The DNA that he has this year, being that, that super senior – He's got that Joe Burrow-like attitude. Now, he's not Joe Burrow on the field. He's still very, very productive. But the whole thing with him coming in at 4 or 5 a.m. and looking at film, Brian Kelly goes to the facility after the Missouri game, turns on the lights, Jaden's the only one in the building, and he's already watching film. It's those things that are making Jaden Daniels uh, the great quarterback that he is. And they're taking shots down the field. I mean, it's not just the number one offense. They are number one in passing attempts down the field, you know, uh, yards per pass attempt. I think it's 11 and a half day average. They're taking deep shots. That's how Steve Sarkeesian in Texas beat Alabama earlier this year. They kept the foot on the gas pedal. They kept chucking deep. And they said, this isn't enough to beat Alabama. We're not going to run the football and go, oh, this is good enough. We'll try to get out with the win. They kept the foot on the gas pedal. And the craziest stat guys to me is remember that 2011 game of the century, Alabama LSU was like nine to six. Since that game, Since that game, these teams have played 12 times. In 10 of those games that Alabama has won, they've held LSU to 17 points or less. In the two games that LSU's won, they've scored more than 17. Newsflash, LSU ain't scoring 17 or less this weekend. They're scoring at least more than that. My my line of demarcation is I think it's 30. If LSU gets to 30, can Jalen Milrow and that Bama offense get to 30? Look, LSU's defense is their weakness, so maybe they can, but – LSU's goal is to make this a shootout. If you're Alabama, the goal is slow this game down, eat clock, keep getting first downs, running the ball, and let's try to get out of here with a close victory. So it's going to be fascinating.
1: Well, you've made a strong case for LSU, but are you going to go all the way? Are you predicting an LSU victory in Tuscaloosa? How do you think this plays out?
3: It's nighttime in Tuscaloosa, Dono. I, it's it's so Thank hard. For, it's so hard for me to get out of bad habits. But look, Sark and Texas already did it. We got to we got to clear our minds of, like, dominant Nick Saban and Alabama. Some teams, some years, they're just not as good, right? They yeah. play with fire. Ole Miss was in the game till the very end. A&M was in the game till the very end. So, like, they've played with fire here. They've pulled out close wins. They even held off Arkansas, who was coming back on them a couple weeks ago. So, I just think if LSU executes, they don't turn the ball over. They take care of the football. LSU's got a great chance to win. But, look, I, I'll predict LSU in the upset. I'll go 34-31 LSU in a shootout. But, man, first sign of mistake, if LSU is, you know, fourth in inches and they go for it, they don't get it. That's what killed them week one against Florida State where they only scored 24 points. They turned the ball over twice in the red zone because they couldn't uh, execute. Those are the big moments that will matter for Alabama and LSU
0: this weekend. Gordy, before we get you out of here, number 12 Missouri at number two Georgia. Week in and week out, we say this is the week Georgia's going to trip. They're going to they're gonna face a challenge. And to this point – In every game, we've at least expected that the dogs have rolled. Now with Mizzou, who played them so close last year in Columbia, is there any way Eli Drinkwitz and company can at least make this thing a ballgame? Well, the key is nobody picked Mizzou, right? We all need to pick Georgia because (laughs) a few weeks
3: ago when people were going, you know, I think Kentucky can beat Georgia. They show up and they blow them out. A week ago, people were like, you know, I think Florida may be able to beat Georgia. They show up and blow them out. So this week, no, we should all be predicting Georgia to a blowout. Uh, it's going to be 50 to three. Georgia's going to have no problems because the minute we start picking against them, I think Kirby smart takes all those clips from locked on and they just put them on a wheel <laughs> and play them in the locker room. He's got
0: his own Connor stallions. Who's just <laughs> watching locked on shows.
3: Absolutely. And he's letting all his players know everyone in the country. doubts you, Georgia. It's like, Oh my God, you're the, you haven't lost a game in like two years. Chill out Kirby. But no, I, I think Missouri has got a chance again. Same thing. Hostile environment. They're going in Athens. If this was in co i'd be picking missouri but uh brady cook's been fantastic cody schrader's number two rusher in the sec this year running the football great luther burden is a star in the making at wide receiver they're gonna have to win a shootout carson beck's been very good even in the absence of brock bowers lad mcconkey stepped up so mizzou has a chance 15 and a half points seems like a lot to me guys i like georgia to win at home but i like mizzou to cover i think they keep this close till the end
0: yeah, Gordy, give me give me uh, Georgia fifty to three in this one. Actually, I'm going to have to side with the Bulldogs. Chris Gordy of Locked On SEC, thanks for joining Locked On College Football Kickoff Live. All right, thanks, guys.
1: Guys, buying last minute tickets does not have to be a frustrating experience. Not when you use Game Time. Guys, I love the Game Time app. I've already used it since they've been aboard with us three times. I got tickets to Disney on Ice. I got tickets to a concert. I got tickets to a Miami Hurricanes game for some friends. I love the last minute tickets, flash deals, and zone deals, lowest price guarantee, event cancellation protection, job loss protection, so much more at Game Time. Guys, you can see your seat views right there on the site and they'll personalize it for you so you're you know you're getting tickets to only events in your area you don't have to sift through all the national stuff and the game time guarantee means you'll always get the best price if you find tickets in the same section and row for less game time will credit you 110% of the difference so download the game time app create an account and use code locked on college for $20 off your first purchase terms apply again create an account redeem code Locked on college for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed.
0: It is that time of the week. Let's get into sell me why he in a primetime matchup. The number five ranked Washington Huskies are three point favorites over the number 24 ranked USC Trojans. Here's Roman Thomas off to tell you why. The Huskies will cover the spread in that game.
4: What's up, everybody? Roman Tomashoff with Lockdown Huskies here, and I'm here to give you two big reasons why the Huskies can cover the spread this weekend against the USC Trojans as they head on the road to take them on in Los Angeles. Number one, it's that guy. Come on. Michael Penix Jr., he's been the best quarterback in the country this season. The Huskies are averaging just south of 400 yards per game. They are the number one passing offense in the nation. And with a compliment of Roma Dunze, Jalen Polk, and maybe even Jalen McMillan, in the fold around him, the Trojan defense is going to have a lot of trouble defending all of those weapons. And speaking of the Trojan defense, they've given up over 40 points in four of their last five games. And against this Husky offense where, hey, they can be explosive, they can score at any given time, not just through the air, but on the ground as well. They've got a really talented running back in Dylan Johnson. I think that the Huskies have a great chance to cover the spread this week.
0: Now, Kenton, if you ask ESPN's FPI predictor, they'd tell you USC has a 54% chance to win this game. They should be the favorites. If you also asked ESPN's FPI predictor, they'd say Dono is the most attractive man in the world. So let's let's temper. You're you're, you're telling me they're really pretty accurate. I was about to say it's pretty accurate,
2: man. You don't get Uh, too much better than the Italian ad guy. The Italian ad guy over
0: there, right? Uh, um, this week, Washington going to USC, a night game out in California. I, I say night for them. It's really just late afternoon. What yeah. do you see in this one, Ken?
2: You know, I'm seeing a, a a USC defense that couldn't get a stop if you made all their jerseys octagons instead of the red and yellow numbers that they have right now. Mm-hmm. Um, the reality is that Washington defense not only can, but they will get stops when they need. I mean, let's just be very honest. There is a lot of a lot of air has come out of this USC team Um, there's talk of, oh, should Caleb Williams shut it down and all that good stuff? Caleb Williams is in this post-game presser saying, what are you talking about bad game stretches? I I played one bad game, Notre Dame got me. Other than that, I've been fine. This is a team where some of those fractures are starting to grow a little bit bigger, a little bit bigger, a little bit bigger. And Washington is going to easily come in and do what needs to be done. I think the USC will put up their points, absolutely. But let's just be honest. They cannot stop Pennix, a guy who produced one of the biggest pause moments in all of college football thanks to Desmond Howard and Big Phoenix energy that is just you know that's a guy that is not going to be stopped in this game.
0: Dono don't tug on Superman's cape don't pee into the wind and never bet the over on a 77 point over under this week that's the line for USC and Washington does a line like that a shootout does that favor the Huskies who are favored by three on FanDuel or does it favor the Trojans? The shootout favors
1: the Huskies because I, I give them at least at least a slight edge, if not a bigger than slight edge defensively. But it, it's funny you say that about 76 and a half because uh, we, we were talking a little bit off air before you came on. And I, I'm not saying I would recommend doing this, but uh-huh. I might think about taking that over for uh-huh. a couple of Jeez. reasons. Listen, USC was just involved in a game where the total hit 100. That's one. Yeah. And then two is – betting overs is a lot more fun. So if if I were to bet under 76 and a half, I'm watching that game like rooting for punts, which is not it's what anybody sweat. wants it's to sweat. do in a game. <laughs> You're right, whereas if, if I take the over 76 and a half, I'm I'm rooting for teams to get it in the end zone. So it's up for entertainment purposes, I might even think about the over or I'd stay away from it completely. Uh, I probably wouldn't actually bet money on the under there, but no, I agree with what Kenton was saying, and I, I disagree with that FPI. I guess they're they're batting five hundred today because they were right about me. They were not right oh. about the USC having a fifty four percent chance to win this game. Uh, Washington's going to win this game. Uh, you know, not only does the USC defense have trouble stopping anybody, anytime, anywhere, but They've also had their issues protecting their Heisman trophy winning quarterback Caleb Williams as well. So I I think I think Washington gets it done on the road. They probably win this game by a touchdown in a shootout over 76 and a half points scored. Let's go.
0: Guys, we have not given a lot of love this season to the Maryland Terrapins, who started so hot and maybe they didn't deserve a lot of love in the end because of the skid that they've been on. But this week, hosting Penn State, that dominant Nittany Lions team that Ohio State picked apart, what are the odds? The Terrapins is eight and a half point underdogs at home. They can cover. Here's Trey Moore of Locked On Terps to sell us why Maryland will cover.
4: The Maryland Terrapins will cover the spread against Penn State. The line currently is Maryland plus 8.5 on FanDuel and the Terps are at home and will be motivated coming off three straight losses and know that this game will define the rest of the season. Talia Tunga is more experienced than Drew Aller and leads the Big Ten in passing yards and touchdowns. Maryland also has a deeper, better wide receiver room where the Terps have five guys over 200-plus receiving yards, while Penn State only has two. Penn State's offense has not proven to create big plays like the Terps, and that won't change with Maryland's secondary, which is one of the best in the Big Ten. Penn State's offense won't be explosive enough, and the Terps will create some big plays at home. Expect a close game and for the Terps to cover the eight and a half points.
0: For those listening on podcast, we're supposed to bring you the visual. Trey Moore is jacked. I just want to throw that part out there. That dude is ripped. Um, and he has maybe that enough. It's intimidating enough to sell me why on Maryland versus Penn State eight and a half. But guys, this is a Maryland team that just lost to Northwestern. They lost to Illinois the week before. This is a, a an all time skid right here. Kenton, I, I don't know if I can buy that against a Penn State team that obviously is still pissed off.
2: Give me my level 18 lock of the week against oh. Coach Locksley. We're bringing it back. It's been too long. We shouldn't have left you without an Uh 18-lock to step to. This is the reality. Penn State is going to dominate this game. Maryland doesn't have the horses in the stable. Defensively, they allowed Northwestern's biggest point total of the season. By the way, Northwestern has played Howard, the mighty Howard Bison. I love HBCUs just as much as the next man, but that shouldn't have been a thing. So with that in mind, Penn State rolls, if you will. They dominate, if you will the 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 younger tongue of aloha will be scrambling for his life it will be a very tough game for him it will be a very tough game for that wonderful receiving room the reality is they can't do what needs to be done to cover in this game they won't come close i don't care how jacks you are i'm jack too i just wear big clothes so you can't tell i dress like a 90s rapper but if i didn't you'd see the
0: gun show on the regular uh dono are you believing the are you buying the gun show
1: no, I, I don't see a path uh to Maryland covering here unless unless Aller just has uh like a, a hellish turnover left and right. You mean again the game. again. Well, still, yeah. but I it's not gonna happen in this one, though, guys. I mean, I Penn State defense is way too good. Mich- uh Maryland just not potent enough. Penn Penn State's gonna win this game by 10 to 14 points. Yeah.
0: Guys, four and four Colorado Buffaloes. We are back. Come on. The Buffs at 500 this season. Remember once upon a time they were going to go to the college football playoff and Dion had it all figured out. Well, this week they have number 16 ranked Oregon State and the Beavers are 13.5-point favorites with the Buffs as 13.5-point underdogs at FanDuel. Here is Kevin Borba, our resident sell-me-why expert, to sell us why again
4: on the Colorado Buffaloes. When it comes to Colorado covering it- – it's a tough one. It's a toss up. And here's the thing. I think they can cover And there's one reason. There's one reason that stands out to me the most. And it should stand out to you guys. We all know that this Colorado team has a bad offense line and they can't run the ball, but, this Oregon State defense has struggled against quarterbacks who could air it out. Both the games that they've lost this year, Washington State and Arizona, the two quarterbacks were having no issues airing the ball out, throwing it all over the yard, and that's exactly what this Colorado offense wants to do. They want Shadur Sanders to take deep shots to Travis Hunter, Jimmy Horn, Xavier Weaver, Dylan Edwards, whoever it may be. They want him slinging the rock. This is the one opportunity that they'll have in this final stretch where they could just sling the rock freely, and even though this Oregon State team's pretty good, Colorado loves to throw the ball and they love to push defenses. And I don't think that this Oregon state secondary could keep up with these wide receivers from Boulder because they need to prove themselves. They need to bounce back. And I think this game could be one of the more pivotal games of the Colorado season because everybody's watching. Everybody's counting on them to fail. And I think they know that if they lose this game, their season could be in jeopardy. So count on them to cover count on Shadur Sanders to be airing it all over the yard and count on these receivers to have a massive day.
0: Oh boy. Uh, the once mighty buffs, how the mighty have now fallen. Kenton, they've got Oregon state this week, who has been a machine this season, despite their loss at Arizona, they're one of the better teams in the PAC 12 facing. I'm not sure there's anybody in that conference. Who's reeling more right now than the buffs who have lost now four or five.
2: Yeah. And here's the thing, right? I mean, I said it in the beginning of the season, I stand by it. this Colorado's team ceiling was about six and six, like that's, They're on pace for that at four and four. I don't think that this is where they get a win, but I do think that they cover. I believe the line is what, 13 or so?
0: Yeah, 13 and a half. Yeah, yeah,
2: 13 and a half. I believe they cover that. I believe they cover that. I mean, yeah, they can't block anybody to, to, you know, they couldn't block their way out of a paper bag right now. They couldn't even block me on Twitter if I wanted them to. But uh, the reality is Shador Sanders is really a special talent. Now, I know a lot of people are saying, oh, you're only saying that because he's a Sanders. Watch ball, okay? Watch ball and no ball. There were two separate camps on this team coming into the season there were the ones that were saying, oh they beat tcu they're going to the playoff and then there were the ones that were realistic and said, or actually three different there were the ones that were being realistic and saying hey this is a decent team and the last one was the one that said oh they're terrible they're going to win three games this season ah, so what did they beat tcu that's one of three wins the reality is they're somewhere in the middle that middle group was right this yeah. just ain't one of their ain't one of their wins but this is one of their covers
0: Yeah. And Dono, for a team like Colorado that, albeit lost four games, but none of them, only one of them, I should say, by more than 13, they are in a good spot to at least cover two scores.
1: Yeah. I mean, they're four, three, and one against the spread this year, which doesn't, it kind of tells you that the spreads have been pretty good for them because they're not really overperforming or underperforming in either direction. But. The segment is called Sell Me Why, and honestly, I couldn't tell at first if Borba was trying to convince us or trying to convince himself that yeah. Colorado is going to – I can sense a little bit of doubt there. I could sense a little bit of doubt. Oh, my know, gosh, this, yeah. This Colorado team has taken some lumps. Like Kenton said, Oregon State's been on a roll. I, I think they're going to win and they're going to cover – oregon state so uh, I, I don't think they're gonna blow them oh, i mean i guess over 14 points some people would consider that a blowout i wouldn't call that a blowout i think they're gonna just cover in this one i think colorado is gonna fall short
0: yeah i can't imagine what life has been like for one kevin borba showing up to work every day just well another law lost to stanford this week for a colorado team that i'm sure he had such high expectations for but Donna, i want to leave it with you for a second to respond to what kenton said on colorado we were having a conversation early on in locked on college football kickoff live about how Dion had transformed the game with the transfer portal. Do you still think that's the case here or are other coaches going to look at this and temper how they use that transfer portal? No, I,
1: I nobody else can do it like Dion and I uh, and i'm I'm glad you gave me the opportunity to address this because people who have been every dayers or every weekers of uh, locked on college football kickoff live probably remember me on show one saying that Colorado wouldn't win more than two games this year. and it took them only uh, what, yeah, four well. weeks, three, four weeks to get that done. So I was definitely wrong about that. Uh, just the appeal, the universal appeal, that deon sanders has the way he carries himself the way that he connects with these players um he he is using the transfer portal in a way most coaches just cannot do and uh also deon seems to have this ability to get everyone on the same page pretty quickly because and you know we had this discussion week one because always one of the things you worry about when your team is like 80 percent transfer portal when it comes to roster construction how do you get everybody on the same page? I mean, there's two ways to do that. Number one would be you strictly recruit guys who you think are automatically going to fit the culture you want to establish. When you're bringing in that many transfers, it's hard to do that. So the other way is as soon as they enter that building, they know the buck stops with Coach Prime. And I think yes. he's done an admirable job setting a culture there. I'm not sure what the ceiling is for Colorado Buffalo's football, if in a couple of years, Dion may decide, like, I, I, need, I may need to go somewhere else to kind of take my resume to the next level, or if he thinks he can make them a true national title contender, that I cannot answer, but I do think he is successfully turning the culture around there.
0: Yeah, I mean, that said, moving to the Big 12 next season and seeing their schedule, there's a way with how it lines up that Colorado can win 10 games by virtue of who they play and yeah. where they play moving forward. Coming up, though. College football playoff rankings are out. The Georgia Bulldogs are not number one. Let's break that down. Coming up next after this from Prize Picks.
1: Nice. Prize Picks is the largest daily fantasy sports platform in North America and the easiest and most exciting way to play DFS. Here's what I love about Prize Picks it's just you versus the numbers. Instead of battling thousands of other players, including pros and sharks, you just pick more or less than on two to six player stat projections. And you watch the winnings roll in. Guys, that's why I didn't like DFS before prize picks, but prize picks going up against the numbers. I've been playing this since 2020, since 2020 on prize picks. Guys, prize picks even offers a reboot policy. So if your entries, they stay in play, even if one of your players gets injured. For football and basketball games, if you have a player who exits the game in the first half and does not return in the second, that player is rebooted. And Price Picks is the only daily fantasy platform with an injury insurance policy. How many times have you wanted that? My guy got hurt. That's why I lost. That never happens at Prize Picks. Guys, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a couple of clicks on Prize Picks. So go to prizepickscom slash college and use code Locked on college for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize picks is daily fantasy sports made easy.
0: Guys, we have wined and dined you. Let's give you the meat and potatoes of Locked On College Football kickoff live with a playoff ranking breakdown. We'll bring you our booms and busts. And finally, at the end of the show, our game time decisions and picks for this week. College Football Playoff Committee put Ohio State at number one, Georgia at two, Michigan, despite the scandal, at three, and Florida State at four. That would be your college football playoff if it started tomorrow. Another big thing that I look at is a conference like the Big 12 that struggled so much early in the season has now added a lot of teams in on the backside of this. And Oregon State, who just lost at 16, their strength has been recognized. Penn State down to 11, Ole Miss at 10. Uh, where, Where do you start, Kenton, with the college football playoff rankings?
2: Either, don't be cowards. Don't be cowards. I, I need to do this again, okay? This doesn't just apply to the Big Ten coaches. Jim Harbaugh, feel free to steal this sign. For those of you listening, it says say it with your <laughs> chest, you cowards. Because at the end of the day, Michigan – I've
0: lost. watched enough Locked on ACC. This shtick is awesome, by the way.
2: <laughs> oh, <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. And sometimes <laughs> you just need to sign these things out. And the reality is this Michigan team has dominated everybody in their past. And you could say, well, there's been nobody in their past so far. Is that their fault? You play who's on the schedule in front of you. And the closest game that they've had all season has been, what, a a 24-pointer? This is insane. This team deserves every bit of love that they get. There is no team that has been more dominant week to week, but... The worst part about this is Georgia got all the motivation they needed because you know Kirby Smart he t- he straps those players down forces their eyelids open to everybody who's ever said from the time that Herschel Walker was there till now that Georgia was going to lose a game. Okay? He holds them down and he forces them to watch it and look at it. Now he has the best propaganda ever to run with and oh look, they think you're not good. They think that you're number four. Ooh, how terrible do they think you are? They hate you. The media hates you. Go out there and beat everybody by fifty, which does not bowl well for Coach Drinking them, and I'm a Coach Drink stand. So those are the two things that I look
0: at. Wow, Ken, I, and we've we've beaten the dead horse here with the whole sign stealing thing. But mm-hmm. I want to give it to you. You are. I'm going to put you back there. It's a Saturday afternoon. Yeah. You hear the the sounds, the sights, the fireworks pregame, and you know. This next run is off left tackle. You're you're tipped off against yep. the mighty Clemson Tigers. This runs off left tackle. Can you stop it? How Absolutely. much? How much does this affect the game? Because I know you like Michigan here, but keep in mind they know the other team's plays.
2: Yeah, yeah. I I, I mean, yeah. If you tell me the plays, I'm gonna stop it. If we're two players of similar ability and I right. know where you're going, I can't course.
0: stop you. If you're going off left tackle, I'm not stopping it. Yeah, but no. Believe they're a
2: little know. more even. Exactly. Like, I'm sorry, Drake, but you weigh what? A buck 40 soaking wet? I I mean, with some bricks in your pocket? Oh, I'm sorry. Buck 45 45. soaking wet. By seventh
0: grade, if I keep eating, I'll be a buck 50.
2: Ah, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. But the reality is of players of similar talent, again, if you know, if you have that advantage, you absolutely can win, which is, I'm saying this. I'm counting this with Michigan, knowing your plays or whatever the case may be. Yep. Once you announce them as cheaters and officially get them out, then get them out. We won't talk about them anymore. Once yep. they're banned from the deal, bet, they're banned from the deal. And I'm not going to say anything. But as they are, knowing plays, not knowing plays, Connor on CMU saw a lot on this show, uh, where's Waldo, wherever he is, that is what we are counting right now. They are dominating whooping the wheels off teams i mean they're down to the axles when you after you play michigan and so i can't give anything other than props and respect to that team until the moment comes where it's officially announced they're done we're pulling them nobody else is playing them it's over with because when it's over it's over the music stops all that good stuff but while they're still here giving their the respect for what they're doing
0: mm-hmm. Donna, dono you look at college football playoff rankings the initial rankings this season what stands
1: out to you well, one thing I just want to add uh, to this Michigan conversation, I, I would hate to, assuming you know maybe the Big Ten doesn't do anything to sanction Michigan, maybe they don't have the power to, because I don't think they have access to all the evidence like the NCAA currently does. The NCAA probably won't get, it, get anything done this year. So if things continue to play out the way that they're playing out, I would feel terrible for a team like Washington if they run the table and they don't get into the CFP because a team that's stealing signs gets into the college football for as dominant as they've been. I would hate to be in the shoes of a team like Washington if they keep winning and they miss out Um, outside of outside of that. Listen, if I pretend I don't know what I think I know about Michigan uh, Mm -hmm. to me, they're the best team in the country to kind of echo what Kenton was saying, Um, you know, I I guess who really cares if you drop from number one to number two right now, but I I, I did think that was a curious thing for Georgia. All they did was go out there and dominate their rival at a neutral site. I'm not saying Florida has been great this year, but, all three of us thought the game would be a lot closer than it was, right? I think most of America thought the game would be a lot closer or that even Florida could pull off the upset and Michigan without Brock Bowers had zero problem. So this is an interesting week for them to drop. I do. I would probably pick Georgia against Ohio state head to head. So I don't agree with Ohio state being number one right now, but I do think that scandal aside, I do think they have the right top four right now, obviously Florida state deserves uh, to be in there. There's no question about that. So I think they've got the top four right. It's just the scandal in Michigan makes me feel really bad for Washington right now. Yeah. And I do think Georgia, uh, I mean, yeah, it's a weird week to drop them from number one to number two. But outside of that, I, I think they, they mostly have this right.
0: Kenton, coming from locked on, locked on ACC, give me Florida State's odds at a college football playoff appearance right now. Because as it sits, I feel really confident in the Knowles being there. Nobody
2: can stop the nose, but the nose. I'm not saying that they've reached boogeyman status to where like there were times where Clemson played their worst game of the season by a mile and the other team played up. They were hitting passes. They're like, wait a minute, that quarterback couldn't hit the broad broad side of a barn. And now all of a sudden he's throwing dots and that team still lost. They haven't reached that status, but nobody can stop them. But them when you look at the rest of their schedule in terms of, of who they have in front of them. I'm, I'm sorry if they play their best game and Miami plays their best game. Dono, I love you. You are the most attractive man in the world. And, you know, I got to tell my old lady, you got halitosis or something anytime we're in the same room. But uh, the reality is very simple. <laughs> Nobody on their schedule remaining, including whoever they see in the ACC championship, is good enough to beat them if both teams are playing near the same percentage of how good they are. So with that being said, this is about this, mat- this team being mature enough to win out, to be, hey, week in and week out, we got to do it. Because I don't think that they're quite good enough to where they can have their worst game, somebody else has their best game and they still win. If that's the case against Miami, they're not going to win that football game. That's the reality. Miami's good enough to beat them if they play their worst game. But if they're about playing at the same level, uh, Florida State wins. Also, I think that, that I'd say at least 75, 80% odds that they make the playoff.
0: Guys, let's turn our attention to our booms and busts from last week's games. I'll kick things off in the Big 12 where one team is not getting a lot of recognition despite rallying off win after win. And that's Oklahoma State, who now finds itself in the top 25, making for a huge Bedlam matchup with Oklahoma this week. Ollie Gordon, the second, ran for 271 yards and two touchdowns last week. He's become one of the most electric backs in the Big 12. To me, he is the best offensive player in the Big 12 right now. Listen to this. Last week, ran for 271. The week before, on the road against West Virginia, Ollie Gordon ran for 282 and four touchdowns on just 29 carries. 29's a lot, but for 282, that's a 9.7-yard average for Ollie Gordon. The week before, 168. The week before that, 136. He is a monster tearing through defenses. And I don't know. I know we'll get into this with game time decisions later. I don't know how Oklahoma can stop it after the way Kansas ran the football to beat the Sooners last week. My boom this week, the Oklahoma State Cowboys. Dono, let's take it over to you. Well, my bust, and this one's going to be near and dear to Kenton's
1: heart. I hope he didn't steal this one, but the North Carolina Tar Heels. What it was is coming. It was coming. It was on Kenton's on list for there. Sure. So it's like, obviously, I, I can't criticize someone for losing to Georgia Tech because it, you know, it, it happened to Miami <laughs> earlier this that was year. However, best. That was however best. Miami really beat themselves in that game. and And, you know, Miami's defense did a pretty good job there. Georgia Tech against 17th ranked at the time, North yeah. Carolina. They put up more than 600 yards of total Mm -hmm. offense. Like, how does that happen? 635 yards of total offense. Inject this into my
2: veins. Inject this into my veins.
1: 348 rushing yards against the Tar Heels. And that's Georgia. Georgia Tech is not a – they're not as bad as we thought they were the first few weeks of the year. Georgia Tech is not a good football team. And that's two straight losses for for UNC because they found a way to lose to also not a very good Virginia team. So they were 6-0. You thought, hey, UNC could be maybe a sleeper. Mm-hmm. College football playoff, maybe a sleeper to give Florida State a challenge in the ACC. They have gone completely, completely backwards. And yeah, I know you, you guys, uh, you know, I'm, I'm positive. I don't usually, uh, don't usually come out first with bus, but you know, my boom. I, I already talked about them a little bit, but. I go Georgia. Like, I, I was I was super impressed. I know, you know, Florida, we were talking uh, off air with Brandon from Locked On Gators before the show. He was uh, pretty disappointed with with some of the coaching and execution on the Florida side. No question he's right about that. But I also had to give Georgia a ton of credit in that rivalry game. People thought it was going to be close. Carson Beck goes off. They beat Florida by 23 points. I was impressed by that. That's my boom.
0: Yeah. Kenton, before we get to your boom or bust, I'm going to need you to give me just a a little rant about North Carolina to to scratch that itch.
2: First of all, inject that into my veins and don't dilute it. Don't put any water in there. Don't put any syrup in there. Just give it to me pure. Give me that 100%, Donald. But now, with that being said, wow, what a time. You know, what a time. What a (laughs) Just want to, to thank God. To Just I, want to <laughs> hello, hello. Touch hello, the grass, know, smell right? the roses. He's he uh, the 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 source from which all blessings flow. Shall we? Now, with that being said, if only somebody had warned you all that that North Carolina defense was fraudulent, if you yeah. will. If only somebody had said, "Hmm, I get it. I know that." Uh, hold on, hold
0: on. We can go back and clip it last week because I asked both you guys if Georgia Tech had any shot, and each of you picked North Carolina in this game. I'm happy to be wrong in that case. I am so happy to be I've never
2: been happier to be wrong in my life. I've never once because people know I like being right. But with that being said, two losses against two downright bad teams. Yeah. A Virginia team that is honestly terrible. One of the worst teams in all of the Power Five that is getting better. I got to give Tony, 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 they credit over there. You know, they got too many Tonys. They hit their Tony quota, but they keep getting better, winning ball games, being competitive. And what started off the season is like a, hey, do we need to have a relegation? Do we need James Madison to move up into the ACC and they move down into the Sun Belt? But this is very seriously, I mean, what do we expect from North Carolina, right? This defense we knew all along had their problems. They could barely stop App State. And now all of a sudden with Virginia doing everything that they could to trick it off, they couldn't win. And then you got the mighty Haynes King, the number one passer in the ACC. Brother, you got a hot and ready coming your way on me. A NIL deal with College Football Live just happened for you, Haynes. Give me a call. I'll get you your hot ready pizza, whatever type you want, okay? Whatever you want. Hot dog. I mean, not hot dog. You want sausage on that thing? You want uh, pepperoni? You want cheese? I got you. But anyhow, that's all I got to say about UNC. Fraudulent defense. Drake May's great. Love Tess Walker. But, you know, they are who
0: they are when they got here. Wow, what you just did got Jim Harbaugh suspended for three games. By the way, Kenton, I'm not. I'm not sure <laughs> if the. Well, give I guess a the cowards finally uh,
2: said it with their chest. I guess the cowards finally uh, said it with their chest on Jim Harbaugh. So, <laughs> that's right. good.
0: So, so then, Kenton, do you give a boom to Georgia Tech when you think about a boom team this week, whether in the ACC or out? Where do you go?
2: Well, actually, I do have a boom, but it's not for a team, and it's it's tied into my bus. Tyler from Spartansburg, brother, where you at?
4: Yeah, yeah, that's my
2: boom. What a call! Yes. A regular person getting right. under a coach's skin that's to right. the point where he has to rattle off all of his accomplishments as if he's reading his own intro. K- I K- K- hold on, on. K- Can not only start- that. Can, yeah. can we start calling him LinkedIn Dabo? Can we start doing <laughs> hey, that? Hey, he Dabo said,
0: was the original picture
2: on our LinkedIn
0: he format. On, he saying. said, "I never failed." And if we, after he lists all of his accolades in college football, he goes, "And guess what? I got married." And I got I married. Had it I'm yeah. a daddy. I'm a great daddy. Congrats that's cool. on the bedroom cool. stuff, Dabo. I'm not sure we needed to throw that in there. <laughs> he said, "He said it's working." Okay, the office he may not be working, but I got something <laughs> that's working.
2: I got something that's working. I'm looking. Okay. Uh, at this situation saying oh my god what a mess Clemson oh is yeah. what a mess yeah. what a, my brother in Christ you are a head coach of yeah. a college football team Not only are you a head coach you're one of the highest paid in all the world <laughs> if some kid is calling in some kid adult whoever woman it doesn't matter non-binary person it doesn't matter whoever is calling in saying hey you're overpaid yada 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 I would wipe my tears with a stack of hundred dollar bills and say yeah. Tyler from Spartanburg you've hurt me you've hurt me and he's Freshly washed $300 bills from the bank, because you know money's nasty. You don't want to put that stuff on your face without yeah. washing. I just can't believe that you would say such a thing. Who cares? Who cares? But to let him get under your skin like that, Davo, It's not the loss to NC State that makes you the bust. It's letting Tyler from Spartanburg <laughs> get you in a dizzy. Brother, that's a bust like I've never seen.
1: Spot on, um, I couldn't I couldn't believe that. When when I when I started to see that clip float around, um, like I I knew it was real because it was, you know, it was too good not to be. But I was like, how how is this guy losing his mind like this? Dabo is coming completely
0: unraveled. Yeah. 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 And and I got to mention, too, in the middle of that, it's maybe my least favorite thing. So guy comes out with a with a relative criticism and mentions, by the way, in the beginning of the phone call. He's a veteran. He is a longtime Clemson fan since before. So he can't be a kid. We've established this guy is probably 30s, 40s, if not older. And Dabo, of course, calls him some kid. And then it, I, I love it. Maybe my favorite part of the entire of the entire clip is Dabo going Tyler. Tyler. And like I'm going to say his name with a little zest. Like Dono, see, I'm mad at you like that. Gotcha. <laughs> uh, and, and not only that, you know, he, he rattles off all of his accomplishments. All the I did this. I did this. I did this. And before I uh, before I got here, Clemson hadn't done anything and for 35 years and and i I just couldn't believe, and not only was he in a tizzy, but he got to the point of I bet you've never done anything wrong. I bet you lead a lot of people. I bet you're a perfect person. like Dabo brother. somebody's calling you from Spartanburg just to say you make eleven point five million to go four and four, which, I, that's a harsh question, but at the same time, let's welcome that in college football. You get paid 11.5 to answer those tough questions. And instead of answering it, you give a, Oh, you're a little punk kid. Never call here again. That to me, I, I don't want to say beginning of the end because I think a couple weeks ago, things started to unravel, but now when off the field, you're showing your, you know what, like that, this is Kenton, not a good look.
2: Absolutely. And the, the the most interesting thing about this, it reminds me of that new Drewski video that dropped where there was a young man in the club smiling with chains on He said, we changed this redacted's life. He was broke before he met us. He was nothing before he met us. We changed his redacted, redacted life. Listen, that is what he just said about Clemson. If I was a Clemson fan, I would be very, uh, very dismayed by that because at the yep. end of the day, nobody's ever bigger than the program. Mm-hmm. I've said this on Locked On Wolfpack about Doran. I've said it about Keats. I've said it about MJ Morris. I've said it about DJ Burns. I've said it about any player that you can think of, any coach that you can think of. Nobody, including me, including Grayson. None of us are more important than the program. So if you believe that, hey, I gave all this to the program and all this didn't happen. Well, last time I checked, You weren't out there catching the football. I think that was DeAndre Hopkins. I think that was Mike Williams. You weren't out there throwing the ball. I think that was Todd's Boyd. I think that was Deshaun Watson. I think that was Trevor Lawrence. So for you to step in and say, I, 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 me, me, me. When you're the coach Uh who said multiple times, our culture is not about I and me. Our culture is about humility. I made, this program is made in God's name, image, and likeness. Mm -hmm. Well, you know. I, 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 me, me, me ain't really uh, too much of a, a thing in the good book. You know what I mean? I I, I may have read it a, a time or two, and I think that that's a thing. But I'm going to chill on Dabo now. I'm going to chill on Dabo. Yeah,
0: yeah. And well, now
2: I've got to talk to my boom, who, and I hate to bring this back. I hate to keep doing this. But Ohio State. they're right. They're right. And let me tell you why. A lot of Ohio State fans, and it's a lot that are online and making this Michigan thing a very big deal. But there are guys from Ohio State like Maurice Claret and others who are like, hey, there is something at play here that is bigger than what we think. And they're handling this with a level of maturity that I am honestly surprised by because I grew up with the Michigan and Ohio State rivalry. I know how nasty it gets. I've seen it firsthand on both sides of it. I've gone to the horseshoe and every M in the city is blocked out and all that good stuff. I have seen this. And so, I'm not going to lie and say every Ohio State fan has been mature and great about this thing, but they're performing well on the field. They're the number one team in the nation. And, I mean, again, for as childish as I expected, for as bad as I expected them to be, they have, hey, nothing but respect to uh, Ohio State right now.
0: Guys, let's go rapid fire into our game time decisions. Who is going to win in this week's biggest matchups? But first, let's hear from game time.
1: Allow game time to enhance your ticket buying experience. And most importantly, take that stress away from buying last minute tickets. I don't stress in fact sometimes I wait a little bit longer to get my tickets because game time has some of the best deals uh day before, even day of an event, guys last-minute tickets, flash deals, zone deals. It's easy to find and buy tickets for every kind of event in your area, whether it's a sporting event, a concert, a comedy show. Believe me, they have it all, and they will personalize your selections based on where you live. They know where you are, so you don't have to filter out all the national stuff to get to events in your area. They're obsessed with finding ways to help you save money on tickets. Game Time has deals on tickets right up to the start of the event, even an hour after it starts. It is the place to find last-minute seats and guys the game time guarantee means you'll always get the best prices if you find tickets in the same section and row for less game time is going to credit you 110 percent of the difference so download the game time app create an account and use code locked on college for $20 off your first purchase terms apply again create an account and redeem code locked on college for $20 off download game time today last minute tickets lowest price guaranteed
0: It's Game Time Decisions, sponsored by the Game Time app. Fellas, let's go rapid fire through college football this week. Kansas State and Texas. Fox, big noon kickoff at 11 a.m. Central Time, 12 Eastern. The Longhorns, the Wildcats. Kenton, who are you going with? Give
1: me Texas over the Cats in a close one. Dono? Yeah, I would agree as well. I think Malik Murphy can do enough. Texas is the better team. I've got the Longhorns.
0: Not only does Kansas State have a better quarterback, they have two better quarterbacks. Since they've instituted not just Will Howard, but also Avery Johnson, the dual threat QB with DJ Giddens at running back. I'm going to go with Kansas State in a tight upset this week. They carry momentum into Arlington. They are my preseason pick to win the Big 12. And I think they find a way to get it done against a Texas team that's shown a couple of holes, both against Oklahoma and houston let's move from the big 12 to the sec but keep you in the noon slot for the weekend texas a&m at Ole miss dono
1: oh i'm going with Ole miss uh it, it's a tough one for me because i've seen texas a&m have some big performances but Ole miss is the better team i'm going with the rebels
0: yeah, Kenton, uh, for me, I, I have to go Ole Miss here, despite thinking Texas A&M is the more physical team. They're a little bit bigger, faster, stronger. But home game in the SEC, Lane Kiffin finds a way in an 11 a.m. to get it done, but take the under of 53 and a half. This becomes a bit of a snoozer. The Rebs get it done late. Uh, where you go here?
2: My sources are telling me that David Locke has reached out to Jimbo Fisher to be a part of this deal multiple times. And I'm going to quote Travis Scott here. Pick up the phone, baby. I know you're home, baby, because listen, Jimbo, you're going to be at home pretty soon sitting on the couch. Give me old missing this one. I think they roll.
0: Locked on ACC's Kenton Gibbs, Notre Dame at Clemson, another noon game. Oh, Clemson is
2: broken right now. And, yeah. uh, you know, the, the the question is which would break first, their bodies or their spirit? It was very mm-hmm. clearly their spirit with Tyler from Spartanburg absolutely taking Dabo to the cleaners. And Notre Dame will take uh, Clemson to the cleaners. As Notre Dame is kind of a team that broke Clemson to begin with, yep. and they're not going to get fixed in this game. Notre Dame rolls.
0: Dono, a three-point line here, a rat line. Notre Dame not favored by much.
1: They should be favored by more. They should be favored by six. Um, Cle- Clemson, listen, they they still have talent. Now, Notre Dame, physical team, I think they can punish Clemson in a lot of ways. But with Clemson, they've got talent on both sides of the football, but – they're one of the worst when it comes to self-inflicted wounds. They are terrible in the red zone. I know for most teams, you get you know, get inside the 20-yard line, you're getting excited. Clemson fans start to sweat when you get inside the 20. That's when the fumbles and the interceptions start happening. And, you know, when that happens in the first couple games of the year, you could say, okay, maybe it's kind of a fluky thing. But when you have those patterns over eight games in a season, that just becomes who you are. Notre Dame's going to win this game by more than three points.
0: We have seen a pattern of Clemson leading games late or being close in games late and not being able to finish, but I'm going to go with the Tigers this week. This feels like one of those games where Dabo gets the best of somebody on a fluke deal and then comes out and just owns the media the next week with, guess what you said? And you said we suck and you said we suck. We canceled out the noise. We won. This just feels like one of those games where God says, hey, Dabo, here's a bone. I'm taking Clemson in this matchup. 2.30 2.30 on ABC, Oklahoma at Oklahoma State, the final bedlam game. Ollie Gordon II, I told you about him, and that's why I think Oklahoma State, riding a win streak of four games in Big 12 play, finds a way against OU and has the eternal scoreboard forever over the Sooners, despite many people siding with Oklahoma, Ken. It's
2: not about what happens in one or two games during the season. It's how you bounce back. I'm not giving up on the Brent Venables train. I think that this Oklahoma team is legit. I think that they absolutely fell flat, losing to Kansas and a backup quarterback and all that good stuff, sure. But I think that Oklahoma gets it done here. I I, I think that Gundy is, feels gross enough winning the game, having to run the ball this much. I think he oh. feels very icky about this situation. And Brent Venables doesn't care. He's happy to do whatever it takes. And I think that he's got the horses in the stable
1: that are just a little bit better than what Oklahoma state can compete with.
0: Don, know it's a pissed off Oklahoma. They just lost to Kansas.
1: Yeah. The, the matchups tell me Oklahoma state can win this game. And, and for, I, I know I'm trying not to overreact for, you know, one loss for Oklahoma, but we could start to see the patterns there. They got a little bit lucky against UCF uh, the prior week. They've been on upset alert a couple of times this year. Uh, and, Ollie Gordon playing just at an unprecedented clip. He's already over a 1,000 yards this season. He's averaging almost eight yards per carry against conference (laughs) opposition this year. It's insane. His strength and Oklahoma State's strength seem to kind of directly coincide with an Oklahoma weakness. So um, I don't think I'm going to bet on this game. But if I'm just going to give you a pick, I'm going to be tuned into that game thinking Oklahoma State can pull it off. This has been, you know, for as fun as Bedlam is, and it's sad that this is the last edition of it, uh, as fun as Bedlam is, that, that's that been a very, very one-sided rivalry in Oklahoma's favor, uh, but I, I think Oklahoma State gets one on the win column to close this rivalry out.
0: The board gave its picks on Washington and USC, as well as Oregon State and Colorado early in the show, each of us going with Washington to win and Oregon State to top Colorado this week. Let's keep it in the Pac-12, though. UCLA at Arizona, Jed Fish has something good going on, Dono.
1: Yeah, I, I, I'm going to go with UCLA to win this game. Um, th- this is another tough one for me. W- what's the line on that one? I don't have it in front Sitting
0: of me. UCLA minus two and a half on the road. Ooh,
1: yeah. I, I think they're going to win this game probably by six or seven points. I'm going with the Bruins. Yeah, Kenton?
2: I'm pretty sure the Bruins benched Dante Moore. Am I correct about that? Is is, is they, they did they last week. Another? Yeah. I'm going with the Bruins now. Uh, I, you know, I, Again, I, if I rooted for a King Crusader one time, I'd get into heaven for sure, but I need to do a little bit more good work down here. I think that the Bruins get this done. Chip Kelly in that defense, extremely physical. Arizona's going to be filling themselves after coming off a big win against uh, Oregon State. And now Chip can look at them and say, hey, you have to take this team serious. Look yeah. what they did to this team, guys. And so I don't think that they're going to overlook this team. I think the UCLA wins it handily.
0: Arizona keeps momentum. I've got Arizona winning a tight one at home. Really quickly, Iowa State hosts Kansas, the Cyclones, against the top 25 Jayhawks team that beat Oklahoma. Two-and-a-half-point favorites, Dono.
1: Yeah, I'm going with Kansas to keep it rolling. Yep. Kenton?
2: Oh, give me the Jayhawks. Jayhawks. Rock chalk, folks. This is not going to be one in which Iowa State does something great. Matt Campbell, that seat is hot as fish grease, brother. Mm -hmm. You need to go ahead and get it right before David Locke gives you that call next. (laughs) Because you know, I'm I'm more than liable to tell you, you pick up the phone too, brother. So yeah, that's that's what I got going on. Kansas in this. One.
0: Defend Jack Trice, Iowa State gets it done in a night game at home. And then the biggest game of the week on CBS, slated to the night slot. Number 14, LSU at number eight, Alabama. The tide favored by three Ken.
2: Bama Rolls. Um, I don't think that LSU has it to to. LSU can score. They can score in bunches. They can do that at a high clip and all that. But I don't think that they've seen a defense like Alabama's all year. And also, the reality is, again, I don't care that Brian Kelly won that game last year. I still know that, man. I know you. You cannot trick me. You will not trick me with one big win. We have seen this time and time and time over again. And in the words of, of the immortal Maya Angelou, God rest her soul, when somebody shows you who they are, believe them the first time. But in Brian Kelly's role, it would be the second time, the third time, the fourth time, the fifth time. I believe you, Brian. I believe you can't win big games. You got me. I'm sold, brother. All
1: right, Dono. You going the same direction? I'm going the same direction. Uh, You know, Milrow, Milrow, he can make mistakes, but he does excel throwing it down the field. His strength perfectly plays into LSU's weakness. It's too banged up in the defensive secondary. You got Jermaine Burton averaging over 22 yards per catch this season. Uh, so I, I think Alabama, they have enough to exploit LSU's biggest weakness and also everything Kenton said about Brian Kelly. I co-sign on that. Yep. So I've, I've got Alabama winning and I, I yeah you know, they they should probably feel a little bit disrespected by that. I know LSU is a good team, but Alabama only being favored by three at home, I think they should feel a little bit disrespected by that. I think they're going to win this game by probably close to 10
0: the desk loves the tide of riding Alabama as well. And give me Georgia 50-3 to 3 over Missouri, just for good measure. That is Alex Dono of Locked On Canes, Kenton Gibbs of Locked On ACC, and Locked On Wolfpack. Drake Toll with you from Locked On Big 12. Thank you for making Locked On College Football kickoff live your lunchtime. Listen every single Friday. This has been, always will be, Locked On College Football kickoff live.